The bad dream has turned into a full-blown nightmare for the Chicago Blackhawks as Connor Bedard and Nick Foligno are the latest additions to injured reserve. On today's episode, I'll break down Bedard's injury timeline and what this means for him and the team, and also get into the honorable mentions for my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And do me a favor, also go and follow at Talkin' Hockey on X as well, which is my strictly Blackhawks account. It's closing in on 4,000 followers on X, which I am great, greatly appreciative of. So if you haven't followed that account already, please make sure to go and do that. And also make sure to smash the like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel as well, which is 100% free. All of that won't cost you anything, and it really does help me out tremendously. And also, today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by FanDuel, the best place to bet on the NFL. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks hope everyone's weekend out there treated them as good as possible since, uh, you know, things didn't go all that great for our Chicago Blackhawks and the Chicago Bears just continue to find ways to lose to the Green Bay Packers. It is absolutely abysmal and a tough time to be a fan of Chicago sports. But of course, we got a lot to break down on today's show none of which is more significant than what went down on Friday night. As I mentioned off the top, the bad dream has turned into a full-force nightmare for the Chicago Blackhawks as they wrapped up their five-game road trip with a matchup against the New Jersey Devils. That road trip had already been miserable enough. In that game against New Jersey, the Blackhawks lose Connor Bedard, their baby boy, the number one overall pick, the sensational rookie that just made NHL history by becoming the youngest player ever to be named to the NHL All-Star Game in his very next game of action. He goes down and the Blackhawks also lose their de facto captain, their leader, and Connor Bedard's father, Nick Foligno, in the process, both to the hands of big defenseman Brendan Smith. I'm sure all of you by now have seen the clip of what happened to Bedard entering the offensive zone with some speed on the power play, kind of lost possession of the puck and looked like he didn't really recognize Smith was coming for him and trying to try to corral that loose puck, didn't recognize what was happening and took a hit up high from Brendan Smith. I personally didn't think it was a dirty hit from Smith. I know some people feel differently about it. Um, But I honestly just think it's kind of a learning moment from Connor Bedard, a situation where he does need to keep his head up and just unfortunate that the outcome of it, as we know now, is a fractured jaw for Bedard. We haven't gotten any timeline as to the injury and how long the Hawks expect him to be out, but kind of based on what we've seen from similar circumstances to fellow NHL players in recent years, 
it tends to be somewhere along a four to six week recovery timeline. Again, we don't have anything official from Luke Richardson or from the Blackhawks organization, but we do know Bedard has a fractured jaw and we do know that four to six weeks is kind of the expected timetable for those returns. So very unfortunate for Connor Bedard. The main reason that people were still tuning into this Chicago Blackhawks team, even through all the injuries that they had suffered up to this point, now that their shining star Connor Bedard goes down, it obviously puts them in a world of hurt and also losing de facto captain Nick Felino in the process as well. And I, I love to see him go and step up for Bedard. Felt like Smith was going to have to answer the bell for that hit at some point in that game, even though, like I said, I personally thought it was clean. Still, just given how things go in the NHL, he was going to have to, you know, step up and answer for his crimes, if you will. And I love that Nick Foligno has kind of turned into that guy for the Blackhawks, and we've seen him do that time and time again throughout the first half of the regular season. This wasn't the first instance in which we saw Nick Foligno step up and fight coming to the aid of a teammate. He actually did it for Philip Kershev just a couple of games prior, but the unfortunate result of that dropping the gloves with Brendan Smith, making him answer for his hit on Connor Bedard is Nick Foligno winds up with a finger injury. And now he's on injured reserve as well. And the Blackhawks are without him. So not only did this game wind up being another loss for the Blackhawks, which they lost all five games during their road trip, but they also lost five players during that stretch as well. It has actually gotten to I, I, every episode. I say, you know, it's gotten laughable at this point and somehow more and more guys go down. I don't recall ever seeing anything like this happen to another NHL team. And I think more importantly than my opinion, asking Luke Richardson, you know, someone who's been around the NHL for 30, 40 years and former or other Blackhawks players, excuse me, they've never seen anything like this. The Blackhawks lost five players during their five-game road trip, and it's not like they were just ho-hum lineup guys. No, basically everyone that's on injured reserve right now, which, by the way, is up to nine players, and all of them are basically meaningful players for the Chicago Blackhawks team. Here's the updated injury list following Connor Bedard and Nick Foligno going down on Friday in New Jersey. Joey Anderson still on injured reserve at the moment with the shoulder injury. Andreas Athanasiu, we haven't seen him in the last two months due to a groin problem. Still isn't skating, still doesn't look like he's nearing a return. Anthony Beauvillier suffered a wrist injury in the second to last game of the 2023 calendar year against the Dallas Stars. Bedard suffered that fractured draw to the hands of Brendan Smith on Friday. Nick Foligno broke his finger or suffered some sort of finger injury fighting Brendan Smith in retaliation. Tyler Johnson suffered a foot injury during the trip. We've seen him in a boot recently. Seth Jones is still out with a shoulder injury. That's now nearing a month absence for him. Taylor Hall, of course, is out for the year with a torn ACL. Taylor Radish suffered a groin injury during the road trip too. And oh yeah, the Blackhawks had to cut Corey Perry due to some team misconduct, which by the way, we still don't have any more uh, full-fledged details as to what went down there kind of makes you wonder if those are ever going to come out and kind of knowing, unfortunately, how the NHL handles business. I, I don't really have my hopes up that we're going to get more details on the Corey Perry situation, but there you have it, Blackhawks fans. Nine key pieces of this team, essentially their top three forward lines and their top defensemen in Seth Jones. All are not playing with the team right now. That's the point that we've reached and 
man, I, I just really feel for the Blackhawks fans that are out there trying to, you know, have some inspiration and have some hope moving forward. And I, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I thought the Blackhawks, we were going to see some strides out of them this year. They were going to make some progress. And while they have underwhelmed when they were healthy, it's just been so much more difficult for them to find their footing and to turn this around and to prevent it from spiraling out of control when they're just losing more and more players on a game-to-game basis. It's just a terrible point that the Blackhawks have reached right now. On the bright side, as they returned home prior to their game yesterday against the Calgary Flames, they held a practice on Saturday at Fifth Third Arena, and we saw Joey Anderson, Seth Jones, and Taylor Radish skate following that practice on their own. So it looks like those guys are at least trending in the right direction that the Blackhawks will get some of these key pieces back in the not so distant future. But as far as what this means for the Blackhawks without Connor Bedard, without Nick Felino, just got to continue to have the next man up mentality, right? Like what else can the Blackhawks do besides kind of just chuckle at the injury list? Like we all are at this point in time, just really the next man up mantra. And on the bright side, even though the situation hasn't been this dire for the Blackhawks in years past, We've seen some pieces that have gotten opportunities make the most of that here in Chicago and, you know, just part of business. We've seen the Blackhawks go and flip those players for more pieces to add to their rebuild, a la Sam Lafferty getting dealt to the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. Provides an opportunity for more guys to not only prove themselves here in Chicago, but prove to other NHL clubs that they're worthy of remaining here in the NHL and they could potentially go and help those clubs out as well. Someone like Lucas Reichel, I don't envision him getting traded, but obviously he's going to have a really good opportunity here in the lineup. Uh, Ryan Donato should get some opportunities. Cole Gutman is someone who's made some good chemistry with Reichel in the last few games and has been looking solid. And then the Blackhawks also went on and uh, added a couple of other pieces recently, along with Jacob Megna, who's now played three games just because the, the roster has gotten so thin and he can only take so much from Rockford without preventing them from icing a lineup. So because of these injury situations, we saw the Blackhawks make two more additions over the weekend. Also do want to mention Bedard's absence is likely to keep him out of the NHL all-star game. So we'll probably see a different representative for the Blackhawks heading to Toronto. If I had to guess Jason Dickinson, I think would be a really good nominee just because he's already set a career high in goals and really taken strides in the leadership areas too. I think he would be a worthy recipient of an all-star game nomination. Now that Connor Bedard looks like he's not going to be playing in that one up in Toronto, which is of course, very unfortunate for us Blackhawks fans and the NHL. But we also saw the Blackhawks go and add Rem Pitlick from the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday afternoon in exchange for a 2026 seventh round pick from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pitlick is a 26 year old former third round pick of the Nashville Predators back in 2016. 54 points in 300, or excuse me, 123 career NHL games, 21 goals, 33 assists, five foot 11, 186 pound forward. Uh, he has 1.1 million left on his contract through the end of this season will be an unrestricted free agent. Once the summer rolls around, didn't play in an NHL game for the pens this year, but had 24 points in 32 games with their AHL affiliate Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. He has yet to arrive with the Blackhawks. Didn't make his team debut 
uh, on Sunday against the Flames, but that should be coming up sometime here this week. And then the Blackhawks also claimed 29-year-old big forward Zach Sanford off of waivers from the Arizona Coyotes as well. Former second-round pick of the Washington Capitals back in 2013. has tallied 100 NHL points, 49 goals, and 51 assists in uh, he's the one who has 316 NHL games, excuse me, not Rem Pitlick for six different clubs. And funny enough, most of them have been for the NHL Central Division, the Blues, uh, the Coyotes, the Jets. He's kind of bounced all around the Central, but now finding a spot here for the Blackhawks. He also has one year left on his current deal at 800,000 and in 11 NHL games with Arizona prior to being claimed he had tallied two assists. So huge opportunity for these new guys as well. And like I said, we've seen that kind of become a recurring theme so far here in Kyle Davidson's tenure as GM. Could one of those two, could Pitlick, could uh, Zach Sanford, could Jacob Magna be the next Sam Lafferty-esque type of player for the Chicago Blackhawks? Sa- Sanford did, by the way, make his uh, team debut yesterday in the Blackhawks matchup against the Calgary Flames. And coming up in just a moment here, Blackhawks fans, I will break down the Hawks returning back to Chicago and picking up a monstrous 4-3 win over the Flames just to kind of settle things down a little bit. But first, I got to talk to you all about FanDuel because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot with FanDuel because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's $5 to bet on a team to win outright. And if they do, you'll get $150 worth of bonus bets loaded into your account. So if you've been thinking about signing up for FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action right now as we are starting off the playoffs this weekend. Lots of good matchups. And you can win a ton on bonus bets by just betting $5 on any team to win outright, such as the Houston Texans or the Cleveland Browns, the Green Bay Packers, any team, if they win with just a $5 money line bet, you'll get 150 bucks of bonus bets in your account. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads, over-unders, player props, and much, much more. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Segment two, somehow, some way, given all the absences in their lineup, the Blackhawks managed to put their five-game losing streak to an end as they returned back to the United Center in Chicago and defeated the Calgary Flames 4-3 to with, all things considered, one of their better victories of the season. I know they have some out of their 12 wins. They have some impressive victories over the Maple Leafs, they beat the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, but given all the absences in their lineup, for them to go and beat this Calgary Flames team, who I know has not been very successful themselves this season, I think it was pretty gosh darn impressive. And I'll tell you what, the fans that were in attendance at the United Center absolutely deserved it. Following Bedard's injury, following Felino's injury, as I mentioned, nine key pieces out of the lineup for the Blackhawks. That didn't keep the fans away from the United Center on Sunday afternoon. They got a full house at the UC, the Blackhawks did, and they certainly built off of it. And I'll tell you what, the fans that made the trip down to the UC, all things considered, even with 
the Bears playing the Packers in a meaningful game. Maybe they just knew that the Bears, knowing it was a meaningful game, were going to lose that one and ultimately made the correct decision by going on down to the United Center. Regardless, a lot of credit going out to the Blackhawks fans who showed up in full force to go and represent the Hawks, being very limited nonetheless yesterday at the United Center. Here's the lineup they got to see out of the Blackhawks last night, which is what I think makes this more notable. Philip Khrushchev, Jason Dickinson, Colin Blackwell. Have all three of them had good years? Yes. They're the top line for the Chicago Blackhawks right now. That should not be the case in the NHL. This is the situation the Blackhawks are dealing with right now. Second line, Lucas Reichel, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Cole Gutman. Ryan Donato and Zach Sanford alone served as the third line. Because Rem Pitlick wasn't able to make it to Chicago on time due to some travel issues, I believe, because of the weather, the Blackhawks had a role with 11 forwards and seven defensemen because they literally couldn't ice enough forwards in this game. Then the fourth line was Boris Kachuk, Brett Sini, and Reese Johnson. On the back end, Alex Vlasic, Jacob Magnother serving as the top pairing right now. Jared Tenorti, Connor Murphy is the second. Kevin Korchinski, Nikita Zaitsev is the third. Isaac Phillips was the seventh defenseman into the lineup. As I mentioned, they had to roll with the 11 and seven um, lineup pref or lineup <clears throat> lineup structure, excuse me. But even with that lineup, though, the full house in attendance at the UC roared for the Blackhawks to come away with this victory. Uh, I thought it was really impressive effort out of a lot of guys throughout the course of this game. Yeah, the Blackhawks had some breakdowns and. They let up a couple of softies, but all in all, I thought it was a pretty solid performance from some guys. None, though, no one stood out more than Colin Blackwell, baby, who I've been talking about a lot here recently on the show. I don't think anyone's been making the most of this opportunity like Colin Blackwell, who ever since returning from that injury has just been a straight man on a mission. And last night was his best one of the bunch so far. You can officially call this one the Colin Blackwell game. He kicked off the scoring for the Blackhawks in the first period with an absolute howitzer over a uh, howitzer of a shot over uh, the Flames netminders glove. He also picked up a primary assist on Nikita Zaitsev's go ahead goal there late in the second period and then scored his second of the game as well. Uh, third of the season, which wound up being the game winning goal to give the Blackhawks the insurance that they needed there early on in the third period. A massive goal from Colin Blackwell to really get the life into the Blackhawks and to allow them to have that confidence to go the rest of the way in holding the Flames off of the board. They did let them, you know, get that goal right back, but still ended up holding them to a four to three win. Uh, Zach Sanford, by the way, with the primary assist on Colin Blackwell's game winning goal. Not the most, um, not the most perfect performance, I guess is the simple way to say it, but the Blackhawks did what they needed to do, baby. They were grinding out there. They weren't making anything easy for the Flames in the offensive zone. They were making them work for it. Um, and I thought, you know, it's something that we can hang our hats on. This Blackhawks team just needed a win so bad, just needed to get off of the schneid and have something good happen to them, right? Like, it had been so long since something positive happened to this Blackhawks team. So to finally get back to their own building, to get their own fans cheering for them and to go and get a win, uh, it just absolutely has to feel good, especially when all throughout the course of the season, wins have been limited. You got to enjoy them when they get them. So I hope the Blackhawks uh, certainly enjoyed this one following their performance yesterday afternoon. A couple of other guys with good performances worthy of a shout out. Nikita Zaitsev who randomly will just have games where he looks like a really solid offensive defenseman. He had two points, his second goal of the season, and added an assist as well. Jared Tenorti on the back end also chipped in for two assists. 
uh, was actually his first points that he had recorded since having a three assist game just prior to Christmas against the St. Louis Blues. Philip Kurashev continues to just quietly have uh, a really solid season there. All the attention's been going to Connor Bedard, and rightfully so, but Philip Kurashev has really been impressive and really stepped up his offensive game after the first couple of seasons in the NHL. I wasn't really sure if he could be a top six player, and I'm still not completely sold on it, but he has this year proved he has more offensively in his bag than I ever imagined. Picked up his eighth goal of the season on a nice turnaround shot. Um, that also puts him just one back of his career high, previous career high in goals with nine. He's already got eight this season in 33 games. And then Connor Murphy picked up his 100th assist on the back end of his NHL career. And I do think even though the numbers might not show it and the amount of goals that the Blackhawks have given up recently won't, I do think Connor Murphy has genuinely been better over the last 15 games or so compared to the start of the season. I think he's at least put himself in better positions for the most part. He was guilty of uh, allowing Nazem Kadri with an easy backdoor tap in uh, against the Flames. But all in all, I do think his play has genuinely been better over the last couple of weeks. Go and comment down below if you agree with me on that, if you feel indifferent about Connor Murphy. I'm genuinely curious because defensive defensemen are always hard to gauge. And I definitely felt like Murphy got off to a real rocky start to the season, but I do feel like he has gotten better. But ultimately, just nice to win one for the Chicago Blackhawks team. As I said, they haven't had a whole lot of ups. They haven't had a whole lot of reasons to be positive. Uh, and they certainly could use it going into a tough matchup tomorrow night as Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers come to town. Hawks are going to have to be on their A game as much as possible just to prevent Connor McDavid from absolutely taking the game over. He's been on a hot streak. We know the Blackhawks are very limited in who they can ice right now. So at least they can have a nice bright moment uh, back home as they return to Chicago following McJesus and the Red Hot Oilers coming to town on Tuesday. All right, coming up in just a moment, Blackhawks fans, don't go anywhere. I have a fun segment coming up here in just a second as I'll be giving out my honorable mentions for my Chicago Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Connor Bedard doesn't look like it at this point, but who knows? He could return from his injury and continue on the rampage that he was previously on. He could be scoring 40 goals during his rookie campaign and could still be on the way to the Calder Trophy. I fully believe he has the talent to get it done once he returns. And you also could be winning big right now by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. And Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win a hundred times your cash in daily fantasy contests. And all you have to do is simply pick whether stars like Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, or Connor Bedard will record more or less based on their Sleeper projections for goals, assists, points, shots, and more. Uh, and again, Sleeper offers you the chance to win a hundred times your cash on any given day. So start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win real big. And right now, go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get up to an $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper. That's promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. You can also go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now for more details. 
Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Just a reminder, if you haven't done so already, please go and help your boy out by smashing the like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And also, make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports Today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown. Plus, our national shows covering every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, segment three. Before I wrap things up, I still have to get into the honorable mentions for my Chicago Blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings. And for those of you who have been longtime listeners of the show, you know this is something that I do at the midway point of every season. Uh, I usually do a prospect rankings at the end of the year as well. And sometimes I do them before the start of the regular season. At least I had done that in the years past following the NHL draft and knowing that the Blackhawks are about to get a new handful of prospects added to their system. I always like doing a before the season prospect rankings, just to give everyone a little bit of an idea of where these guys stand before the start of their seasons. However, the problem with that this year was for the first time, the Blackhawks moved their prospect development camp to all off ice activities. Meaning I didn't go down to fifth third arena this past summer and go and watch these prospects you know, take part in drills, go play scrimmages and just do all that kind of stuff against each other for a week, which, you know, just gives me a little bit better of an idea of where they're all at. Since they were off the ice this year, I didn't get that opportunity. I didn't get to see Connor Bedard, even though I knew he was going to be number one in the prospect rankings. I didn't get to see Oliver Moore. I didn't get to see Martin Misiak. I didn't get to see those guys in comparison with all the other current Blackhawks prospects who I am a little bit familiar with. So because of that, I didn't have a beginning of the season prospect rankings coming out. I didn't have Oliver Moore rated anywhere or Badar leading things off because I just didn't have quite honestly a good enough idea of where they stood. But now that we're obviously the midway point through the season, those guys are playing with their respected junior clubs. Some of them play in the world juniors. Some of them are playing college hockey and whatnot. Now I do know kind of what they bring to the table and I feel better about compiling a top 20 list, which has also been awesome of a change in the last couple of years. When I first started out as the host of the show, it was just a top 10 prospects list for the Blackhawks. But given how much Kyle Davidson has added to their prospect pool, a top 10 just isn't going to cut it anymore, which is very fun and music to my ears and should be music to the ears of all you Blackhawks fans out there, knowing we do have a handful of prospects who we're very high on. And in my opinion, undoubtedly a top two prospect pool in the entire NHL. You can debate back and forth with the fans of the Anaheim Ducks as to which one has the better prospect pool, but I think undoubtedly those are the top two. But um, with that being said, I I do want to let you all know that I I put a lot of work into this. I I really do try to compile the best list that I can, but I firmly understand I'm going to be indifferent on some players in comparison to you out there. And that's the fun of this. I want you all to go and comment down below your opinions on certain guys as I go through this list, whether 
you think I'm too high on them or whether you think I'm too low on them or whether we see eye to eye with someone, make sure to go and let me know down below in the comment section, all the interactions with all you fans about these youngsters and hopefully future Blackhawk stars is what makes it intriguing to follow them over the next few seasons. So please make sure to go and share your opinions down below as well. But today I am just going to be giving my honorable mentions. We'll be getting into the top 20 Later on through this week, uh, I also am going to be handing out midseason grades for the Chicago Blackhawks as well. Um, the Blackhawks officially hit the midway point following their game on Tuesday against the Edmonton Oilers. So I would probably expect part one of those grades to come out on Wednesday or Thursday. And I'll be going through this prospect list probably through the end of next week as well. But before I get into my honorable mentions, I do want to let you all know as to my rankings, the top 20 the last time I did this, which was last summer. And as I just mentioned a moment ago, that was prior to the 2023 NHL draft. So when you don't hear Connor Bedard's name on this list, don't freak out. He wasn't a member of the Chicago Blackhawks yet. Neither was Oliver Moore, Roman Kansarov, Martin Misiak, Marcel Marcel, for all you Marcel Marcel fans out there. So keep that in mind. But I think it is a good reminder as to where I had everyone the last time I broke down this list. Number one at that time was Kevin Korchinski, which is crazy to say. I mean, this kind of puts into mind how long ago this was last summer, and a lot has changed since then. Kevin Korchinski was number one. Lucas Reichel was number two. Frank Nazar was three. Alex Vlasic, four. Ethan Del Mastro, five. Drew Comesso, six. Wyatt Kaiser, seven. Ryan Green, eight. Isaac Phillips, nine. Gavin Hayes, 10. Arvid Soderbloom, 11. Cole Gutman, 12. Nolan Allen, 13, Colton Dock, 14, Aiden Thompson, 15, Sam Renzel, 16, Ilya Safinov, 17, Samuel Savoie, 18, Jalen Leipin, 19, and Paul Ludwinski at 20, with my honorable mentions being Dominic James, Landon Slagger, Jackson Stauber, and Ryder Rolston. Before I do get into this list as well, I want to let you all know a couple of players I've had graduate off of this list, and I honestly do think all of them make sense. Lucas Reichel, I believe, has firmly graduated from the prospect stage, especially throughout his struggles this year. The Blackhawks have not sent him back down to Rockford, and I think that's a pretty good indicator that that time for him has passed. He's now a full-time NHLer, so I'm removing him off the prospects list. Alex Vlasic has to be removed off the prospect list as I don't see any way he's ever going back down to Rockford with what we've seen from him this year, a clear-cut number one defenseman for the Blackhawks, especially with Seth Jones out over the last month. Isaac Phillips, even though he's continuing to go up and down given his age and how long he's spent in the pro system, I'm no longer considering him a prospect. Arvid Soderbloom, I'm no longer considering him a prospect as well. He's 23 or 24. So age-wise, he's already kind of surpassed that stage two. And then Cole Gutman, I'm officially crediting him to a full-fledged NHLer, which age-wise kind of makes sense too, considering he spent four years playing college hockey uh, with Denver and already has one pro year under his belt. So those are some things to consider when going through the list. Lucas Reichel, Alex Lassick, Isaac Phillips, Arvid Soderbloom, and Cole Gutman have all officially graduated from the prospect stage in my book. But without any further ado, let's go and get into these honorable mentions. Kicking things off for my HMs is Antti Sorella, a former fourth-round pick for the Blackhawks back in 2019, who finally made the leap over to North America this year and is in his first professional campaign in North America with the Rockford Icehogs. So far has five points in his first 17 AHL games, four goals, and one assist. He did play pro, though, for nearly 
four and a half, five years over in Finland before finally coming to the United States playing uh, in Finland's Liga. So a lot of pro experience. He's an 190 pound forward, five foot 10, got some decent size to him, but what he's mostly known for is good speed, good motor, being responsible defensively, a really aggressive back checker, someone who could potentially be a fourth liner for the Blackhawks one day down the road. A little bit of an underrated shot too. I do think in the offensive categories, the shot and the goal scoring is what's going to be the best part of his offensive game, if you will. So Antti Sorella, I do think is someone that could get a call up for the Blackhawks later on in the season. Someone worth keeping an eye on who could be a penalty killer and bottom six guy in the future. Ryder Rolston is someone who's been playing his first full professional campaign with Rockford as well so far this year, but has a much different skill set than Antti Sorella. He was a fifth round pick of the Colorado Avalanche back in 2020, but was acquired by the Blackhawks as part of the Carl Soderberg trade. I want to say, man, that was a long time ago. I, I can't even remember correctly. I think that was it though. Uh, but he spent the past three years prior to making the leap to Rockford playing college hockey for the University of Notre Dame. So far with Rockford in 28 games, he's got 11 points, seven goals, and four assists. And when we're talking about Ryder Rolston, the two things that you got to pay attention to are the two things that are going to give him a chance to make it to the NHL, I believe, are his speed and his shot. Plays the game with a very high pace. And whenever I watched him at Blackhawks development camp, the puck just jumps off of this guy's stick. He has a really underrated shot. I'm not too surprised to see he's found the back of the net seven times in his first 28 AHL games. I think he, like Sorella, could be a bottom six piece potentially for the Blackhawks. Uh, but I think it's for different reasons. It's because he plays with much better with much better pace uh, and can provide you with a little bit of goal scoring and offensive, more offensive makeup than Sorella has from that role. Um, but I would also like to see Ryder Rolston kind of implement himself as a penalty killer. I think diversifying himself in those areas will give him a better shot of being a member of the Blackhawks one day down the road. But I do think he's someone worthy of uh, an eye being kept on down in Rockford throughout the rest of the season. Someone who also likes Sorella, I think could get a call up later on in the year. Tage Harding is an interesting defenseman to me. And I don't know where he's going to sort out whenever he does finally decide to go pro, but at six foot seven, 240 pounds, a big left-handed defenseman. Um, I, I do wonder where he sorts, but I, I think he's got some game that is going to make the Blackhawks somewhat intrigued in his development over the next couple of years. He's currently playing college hockey with university of Providence. He's in his third year there. I'm not, exactly sure if he has one more year of eligibility or if this is going to be his final one. I know he's already 22 years old, um, but I guess that's something worth monitoring, something I should probably look into a little bit more. But I'm really curious as to how the Blackhawks are going to handle Tage Harding. Not, you know, an offensive dynamo. He only has five points in 17 games with Providence this year, but he does have a heavy shot from back there and is someone who knows how to play with the size that he has. So I know it's a very thick prospect pool on the back end for the Blackhawks, and that's going to make things difficult for Tage Harding, but uh, someone who I think has progressed quietly well over these last couple of years and just wonder exactly what the plan is for him uh, from the Blackhawks perspective. Dominic James, I think, is another guy who he was on my honorable mentions last year. 
Uh, unfortunately, his junior year with Minnesota Duluth was cut short due to an upper body injury. Just two games after it got started, that's going to keep him off of the ice for the rest of the campaign, but had a really, really impressive sophomore campaign with the Bulldogs last year, especially for being a six-round pick of the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL draft and wound up playing a fourth-line role for the United States at the 2023 World Juniors, someone who plays with really good speed and also uh, has a good ability at the faceoff dot as well at a young age. And you could tell what the Blackhawks were trying to do with their 23 draft class. They were trying to get as much speed as possible, and I think that's why they took a flyer on Dominic James so late, and it seems like he was worthy of a flyer that late in the draft because he had 28 points in 35 games last year for Minnesota Duluth as a sophomore. Like I said, it's a shame that he didn't get to build off of it this year as a junior, but I expect him to return and to play a very meaningful role for the Bulldogs next year as a senior. Expect him to turn pro after that, and with the speed and the pace that he's capable of playing at, I think that's going to give him a shot to be an NHLer one day. And with the six round pick, that's really all you can ask for from the Blackhawks perspective. And then my last honorable mention that I'm going to get to is goaltender Dominic Bassey, who was a six round pick way back in 2019. has kind of gotten forgot about with all the additions the Blackhawks have made in that department the last few years, you know, with Drew Camesso, Adam Guyan, Jackson Stauber, Arvid Soderbloom was a pretty noteworthy uh, free agent ad. He was one of the highest goaltenders in that FA class coming over from Europe. Um, yeah, there's just been a lot of other additions and a lot of pieces of the Blackhawks have added to their goaltender system that have kind of led people to forget about Dominic Bassey. But I'll tell you what, ever since transferring from Colorado College, he's put up some really respectable numbers for the University of Minnesota Duluth. The last couple of years, this year as a senior, off to a 10-5-1 start, and he's got a 2.14 GAA and a 9-15 save percentage along with three shutouts in his first 16 starts. And he's got some good size to go along with it. Six foot six, 195 pounds. He's got the frame of the modern-day goaltender. I'll be honest, I haven't gotten a lot of good looks at Dominic Bassey other than at Blackhawks development camp, so I don't have a lot of good film and I don't exactly know how his positioning is or what his strengths or weaknesses are. Um, but I'll tell you what, having two good years playing for uh, a top program as the starter in all of college hockey, I think it's worth monitoring or at least giving him an opportunity coming out of college next year. I would be willing to take a flyer on Dominic Bassey, especially given that Jackson Stauber Hasn't looked all that great down in Rockford this season. I don't think you can ever have too many promising goaltender prospects. And for a six-round pick, Dominic Bassey has played pretty promisingly over the last two years. Now, maybe some of that is because he's playing for a good St. Cloud State team. And in college hockey, one team kind of can dominate the other. And maybe the opposing goalie doesn't have to face a lot of shots. I know there's a lot that goes into good goaltending numbers. I firmly understand that. What I'm saying here is for being a six-round pick, Dominic Bassey seems to have some sort of upside, and I'm curious as to how the Blackhawks are going to handle that and if they're going to give him an ELC following the conclusion of what is going to be his final uh, collegiate season with uh, St. Cloud State this year. All right, folks, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, 
Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to also go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it gets uploaded each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a favor, go and follow my personal account on X at Jack Bushman too. And also go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here from yours truly. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you next time on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.